0: Kia ora and welcome to the Dawn Chorus. It's Friday the 29th of April. I'm Bernard Hickey for the Kaka. This is my daily email newsletter for subscribers and a podcast that I do on various things including housing unaffordability, climate change in action and child poverty reduction. And thanks to our paid subscribers for that. I wanted to talk today about what might happen over the next year or two in not just the global economy but also what's happening here uh, both in an economic and political sense and how it affects housing in particular. You've got to remember that house prices are a function of in large part what's happening with global interest rates as well as a lack of supply in the New Zealand market. But they're also a function of what's happening with the various tax arrangements around housing as an investment. So let's look over the next six to 12 months and certainly out towards next year's election, which is likely probably sometime September, October, November. And also look at what's happening in the polls, which currently have national ahead of Labour. So overnight, uh, we had some interesting news out of the global economy and financial markets that tells us a few things that I think might surprise a few people. Firstly, the US dollar hit a 20-year high overnight against the basket of currencies. In particular, it's risen very fast against the yen, i.e. the yen has fallen very fast against the US dollar. It's also risen to a five-year high against the euro, The yen actually had a 20-year low against the U.S. dollar. And our own New Zealand dollar has also fallen versus the U.S. dollar to 64.9 U.S. cents. That's near a two-year low. So what's going on here, and why does it matter? Well, the U.S. dollar is rising very fast because financial markets are now expecting a very fast rise in U.S. interest rates, particularly short-term interest rates. Remember the US Federal Reserve, which is the biggest central bank in the world and which effectively controls the amount of money that is denominated in US dollars, which is the world's reserve currency. It has changed its view about inflation and interest rates over the last four or five months. Around about November, December, the Fed, which up until then had taken the view that inflation was transitory and it didn't need to react too harshly with higher interest rates to whack inflation on the head. Well, the very high inflation rates we are seeing in the United States and elsewhere, so over 7% in the United States, 6.9% here, has convinced the Fed that it really needs to react quickly and fast and high with interest rates. And in the last week or two, we've seen financial markets who bet on these things by buying or selling bonds or bills or various futures take the view that the U.S. Federal Reserve will increase the U.S. Fed funds rate, which is the American equivalent of the official cash rate, by 150 basis points to almost 2% in the next three months. So that would be a quadrupling of the basic interest rate in the United States in 90 days. That would be amongst the fastest monetary policy tightenings that the United States has ever had proportionally. And it's already being reflected in the long-term interest rates that regular Americans pay. So in America, instead of getting a one- or two-year fixed rate, you get a 30-year fixed rate. <laughs> Uh, which, I won't go into too many details, but is there because the US government effectively underwrites the um, mortgage bond market that allows people to fix their rates for 30 years. And those 30-year rates have risen by 2.5 percentage points, of so 250 basis points, to 5.3% in the last 10 or 11 months. That is also the fastest rise in mortgage rates in U.S. economic history. And that's starting to flow through, as you'd expect, into consumers being not quite so happy about the future, with um, a big drop in stock prices for house builders in the United States and a real drop-off in house price inflation at the margins and in house building, which is a big part of the U.S. economy. So higher interest rates are already having an impact, on the US economy. And this morning, surprisingly, we got some figures out from uh, the US version of StatsNZ, which showed there was actually a contraction of US GDP in the first quarter of this year. This is the first estimate of GDP uh, in the United States. They come out quite quick and then they revise their numbers as they go. But, what it shows is that the u s economy isn 't quite as healthy as everyone thought, however, the risk is here that the u s Federal Reserve will tighten too fast and effectively cause a hard landing for the u s economy the world 's largest economy. So, what would that look like? A hard landing, so potentially a recession next year we 've already had a couple of big um, banks bank economists forecast. Uh, to um, forecast a higher uh, – uh, a move towards a recession in the coming year or two. And um, certainly you're seeing various signs here and there of a slowing of the US economy. And the risk is that this very quick tightening of monetary policy in reaction to inflation figures right now, which are the result of what was happening six, 12 months ago, will effectively see a what they call a pro cyclical recession i e just as at the moment when the Fed wants to cool down the economy it 's actually actually already cooled down and it sends it into a bit of a deep freeze and that 's because um, there's a risk that in when you run monetary policy that by looking through the rear vision mirror as you sort of have to do you 're trying to drive eighteen months two years ahead of yourself so it's a bit like driving a car which is blacked out front windows and you're doing it by looking through the rear vision mirror and you have to hope that the road is straight in front of you or that you can remember where it is and turn left or right or whatever and that's the problem for central banks they have to effectively look over the horizon and sort of guess about what's going to happen in 12 to 18 months now the fed because of this very high inflation is spooked Some people believe, other people believe that it's now finally acting when it should do, but the risk is that it over-tightens, and you can see that many people in the longer term bond markets are certainly worried about that. That's why the US 10-year Treasury bond yield is only 2.8%. So we're also seeing, uh, in a sign that the US dollar is at a 20-year high, that other central banks and other economies are not growing as fast or doing the same thing with interest rates that the U.S. Federal Reserve is. So last night the Bank of Japan, which has an inflation rate of, wait for it, 1.2%, announced that it would uh, keep printing money to hold its long-term interest rates low, and that helped push the yen to a 20-year low. The euro also hit a five-year low overnight in part because it too is not expecting to raise interest rates much this year at a time when the Fed is, in theory, going to put them up by 150 basis points in 90 days. So um, the euro is weak and there is quite significant uh, talk of a recession in Europe later this year and next year in part because of what's happening in Ukraine, very weak consumer and business confidence in the likes of Germany, the threat of gas and oil uh, being turned off, and forecast that if the gas was turned off for Germany, they would have a 5% fall in their GDP immediately. Now, we don't know what's going to happen there, but certainly um, this is not a healthy economy. So, why am I talking about all of this global stuff, and what possible relevance does it have here for New Zealand? Well, one of the reasons that fixed mortgage rates have risen so sharply in the last 6 to 12 months here is that global interest rates have risen and they are underneath our interest rate structure. So when global interest rates rise, typically ours will rise as well. And we've certainly seen that, and the Reserve Bank here has probably got in ahead of the curve in terms of tightening earlier than others, stopping money printing earlier than others, and that's flowed through into current expectations that the Reserve Bank of New Zealand will put up the official cash rate to around 3.5% over the next um, couple of years. Now, that's important because that is already baked into mortgage rates around the 4 to 5% mark, for fixed mortgage rates. So to have mortgage rates rise any further, you'd have to see even more inflationary pressure coming from the rest of the world and from here. And what we're seeing with this over-aggressive tightening in the United States and weakness in Europe and Asia and China, and I'll talk about China in a second, is that there is pressure over the next couple of years for those interest rates to fall. And that will be one of the interesting things to watch over the next 6 to 12 months, and particularly going into the middle of next year, late next year, if the global economy does slow down and the Fed has to effectively reverse course next year and loosen monetary policy or uh, financial markets see a lowering of interest rates because the Fed went too hard this year, then you would start to see mortgage rates in New Zealand start to fall, or at least stop rising, potentially nudge down a bit towards the end of next year, certainly in the second half of next year. Now that's interesting because we have an election between September and November of next year. And we're also exposed to the Chinese economy. And I include in today's email newsletter the latest from China, around the problems they're having with COVID, the lockdowns in Shanghai and in other port cities and the potential for a big lockdown in Beijing. There have been some loosening of restrictions in Shanghai in the last couple of days. But what we're seeing is real problems inside the Chinese economy, particularly in logistics in between the cities where uh, transport and trucks are restricted in their movements to stop COVID from spreading. And a news that has uh, dribbled out over the last couple of days that Shanghai has actually stopped taking in new refrigerated shipping containers or what they call reefers. And that's because the shipping lines going into Shanghai have worked out that there is no more space left on the docks for refrigerated shipping containers. You can't just dump them there. You have to plug them into something. And that's a problem. Fonterra came out last night and said that it was trying to reroute a lot of its refrigerator shipping containers outside into other ports. But some of those other ports are also starting to close because of various COVID restrictions and supply chain problems. So China is in real trouble. And I quote um, an experienced observer there who says that the Chinese economy is in the worst place he's seen it at since 2008. And he is genuinely concerned as much about civil unrest uh, around the uh, harshness of the lockdowns. So let's put all this together. The Fed over-tightening and driving U.S. economy into a hard landing. Probably coming through next year. Europe possibly going into re- a recession caused by the Ukraine war. And China in all sorts of trouble and already loosening monetary policy itself. Does anyone really think that interest rates are going to be rising? In fact, they're more likely to be falling towards the end of next year in New Zealand. Why is that relevant to us? Because whenever interest rates fall, that tends to push up house prices here. Now, the other thing that's um, floating around, and which means I think that there is a chance, a quite high chance, that by the end of next year, from September onwards, that spring open home season, we will see a rebound in house prices, in part because the Reserve Bank effectively signalled this week that it's very unlikely to be putting DTI, debt-to-income multiple controls, in before the election. And if Labour is still in trouble in the polls come next year, they're very unlikely to agree to using that debt-to-income multiple control. And secondly, National, who are currently ahead in the polls, have promised to do a bunch of things that would push up house prices. That includes removing the $0.39 tax rate, changing tax thresholds in ways that homeowners, mostly, would receive most of those tax benefits in the form of extra cash, many of whom are able then to turn that cash, with a bit of borrowing from banks, into buying of uh, more properties. And uh, the national opposition has also promised to remove the interest rate deductibility uh, rules put in place by Labor, which would make rental properties more attractive for investors, and to wind back the uh, 10-year Brightline test, which was also a discouragement to rental property investors. So we face, towards the end of next year, if people are confident that National will win and interest rates, particularly fixed mortgage rates here, are falling, or at least flat, that uh, we see a rebound in house prices in the spring and summer of 2023, just in, in the same way that we saw a big surge in house prices immediately after the 2014 election. This was the one where Labor promised a capital gains tax and there was some doubt about whether National would win. John Key won and there was a housing price explosion the next weekend. I'm Bernie Tecchi. That was Adon course my daily podcast that goes out to paid subscribers on Bukaka, which is my daily email newsletter and podcast uh, for paid subscribers. And if you're listening to this because you're one of the free subscribers or you've just stumbled in, I'd love it if you subscribed. You'll be supporting my work covering housing and affordability, climate change in action and child poverty reduction. Ducky Town.